we're in the middle of a series on the book of Habakkuk, which is one of the 12 minor prophets from the Old Testament. Habakkuk is a name that actually means to wrestle. And it was written around 600 or so B.C. And God told the prophet Habakkuk, tell your people I am going to have to destroy them because they're wicked. And chances are that Habakkuk might have said, well, you're right. They are. That seems just relatively fair. But God added a little twist to the end. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to raise up the Babylonians to destroy these people. And Habakkuk said, wait, 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 wait a second. The Babylonians, they're really bad. They're a lot worse than we are. You're going to use them to destroy us? God, that just doesn't seem fair. Something's not right here. And sometimes in life, we may come up on things going on in our own lives or we'll come up on things that we just see around us that we just don't think is right. And you just may not understand. And you may be saying, God, you could do something about this. And if I were you, I would. But you're not. And I don't understand. And if that's the way you feel about a situation today, then I'm certain the book of Habakkuk will speak to you. And the question we're going to wrestle with today is what do you do when you're in what I'd call the valley? And the valley is a, is a low place in your spiritual life. Like maybe you came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and it seemed like everything just was falling into place and like the angels just seemed to sing when you walked out the door. I can remember whenever uh, Sharon and I first really started walking together with the Lord, parking places would just open up just right close to the door at Christmas time during the height of Christmas season. And we'd say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we just walk in his blessing. I mean, we go to eat somewhere and somebody pay for our meal. Thank you, Lord. You know, just like, just everything just fell into place. It was incredible. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't like that anymore. And uh, it may be that uh, uh, it's something, maybe some of you can remember, whatever, it seems like the Lord, whatever you first start walking with him, he lets him know he's real. Miracles take place. But then, the daily grind sets back in. I remember John Wesley saying that he thought that he was just going to be sinless the rest of his life. He had no desire to sin, and he thought that sin was just dead inside of him. And then all of a sudden, things started kind of coming back, and he realized and he wrote that he discovered that sin wasn't dead. It had just been stunned for a while. And so we still had to deal with it. All of us uh, go through things like that from time to time. So, uh, you know, you may go through difficult times and end up in the valley. Maybe God didn't answer a prayer or maybe this person uh, lost their job or 
Maybe they started struggling with uh, a certain kind of sin that they thought was over and done with and it's come back and it won't leave them alone. Or maybe their kids have started making bad decisions or maybe there was something that they felt like God could do something about that and that God should do something about it and everything would be okay. And they were telling God, this is what you need to do. But God did not. And all of a sudden, they're right here going, wait a minute, God. I thought you were going to be like this, but now you're not doing what you could. And they enter into what Henry Blackaby calls a crisis of belief. I thought it was going to be like this, God. Why aren't you doing what I know you could? Some people look around us today and we see this is how where Habakkuk's questions all began. He saw his country was just in a pit. Uh, people were being ugly to each other. People were cheating each other. The law was uh, nothing anymore. Nobody had any respect for each other or the law. Uh, there was no justice. Whenever somebody went to court, judges gave wrong decisions. And he just was saying, he's, this is all started with him looking around and saying, God, this just isn't right. Many of us have done the same thing recently. Well, Habakkuk did that. He complained to God. And the thing is, if you have something that you don't understand, a person of faith can have faith in God and still wonder what in the world is going on and not really understand. Let me tell you, take your questions to God. Take your complaints to God. He wants to hear them. He already knows about them. But you can open up the lines of communication by being just unabashedly honest before him. Some people are afraid to tell God what they're really thinking, and he already knows. And it's not until you voice it to him that you can begin a discussion that can bring healing and wholeness to your life and to your heart and to your spirit. Now, we learned last, well, the thing is, there are two common reactions whenever someone goes into this valley that we're talking about. The first is the person may want to go back and try to reclaim that spiritual high. They may think, well, I must have gotten off track somewhere, so I'll just go back to another worship service and I'll gin this all back up again and we'll just pretend that we're, this didn't happen. We're just going to start all over again and then things will go on. That's one thing that other people will say, I thought it was going to be like this, God. I thought you were going to be like this, but you're not who and what I thought you were going to be. So forget you. I'm just going to go back where I was before and take it from there. I'm just going to take my toys and go home. You just forget about this and just go on and just turn their backs on God. I've seen that happen. It's generally when people came to know God, well, they didn't really come to know him. 
they weren't really broken before him. The thing is, if you come to God in a uh, way that is uh, selfish, just to get what you want from him, then probably you're going to really hit a crisis of faith because God's not super Santa Claus. He's God. And he has his own plans, his own purposes. Whenever we come before him, after we've tried everything that we can and it hasn't worked, and we realize that there's nothing good within us, and we come before him and say, God, I've tried it my way, and this is bad. I'm sorry. I want to live for you. And you come before him broken. That's whenever he can do something with you. He'll wash you and cleanse you of all your mistakes and sins and give you a brand new life starting right then with him that is real. Not what you're trying to make it be, but the real life that God has going on that involves you and everybody around you and this whole country and this whole world. And he wants you to be a part of it. Not just your own little Pollyanna thing that isn't working, but something big that's going to culminate with the Lord returning and him reigning and you being with him forever. Well, the thing is, the name Habakkuk means to embrace or to wrestle. And if a person comes to a point of crisis and they will continue to embrace God and know that he's there and know that they're just not understanding and they'll hang in there with him through the difficult times, things may not initially get better. They may continue to get worse. But the believer can live out the New Testament principle where the book of James says to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face various trials, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work, making you mature and complete so that you lack nothing. You see, the believer who will continue to embrace God and hang on to him, even though things may not get any better at first, this person can grow much closer to God than they were in the past. In fact, if you look very closely at those that are closest to God, they are often those who have been through the most difficult times, through the deepest valleys, and God has proven himself faithful to them. So what do you do when you're in the valley? Today, we're going to look to Habakkuk and let him speak to us about three specific things to do while we're in the valley. And uh, the first thing that scripture tells us to do is stop and listen. We stop and listen. In fact, well, what Habakkuk did, he said, I don't like this. I'm complaining to you, God. And the beautiful thing is God seemed to 
respectfully hear this, it was as if God was saying, sure, you're allowed to wrestle with me. And he says, I don't like what you're doing. I've stated my case. And now, God, it's your turn to reply. I need some answers. There have been times in my life when I was just so low that all I could do was just cry out to God. I saw nowhere to go. I didn't think that things were going right. I remember just soaking my pillow in tears and crying out to God. And then after I had exhausted every complaint that I had, every gripe that I had, every concern that I had, every fear that I had, and I had nothing left to say, all I could do was just lay there broken before him. And that is when you can hear that still small voice like you can never hear it before. In his presence, whenever you listen, you see, when you take time to be still and listen, his presence will speak. You may not like what you hear, but at the same time, it'll be okay because you'll know it's right because it's coming from God and he is good. So you listen. We stop and we listen. Habakkuk says, I will look to see what God will say to me. God, what's going on here? Now, too often what we do is we whine about what's going on and then we go on about our lives. Many of us never stop to listen. And here's the beautiful thing. God is a relational God who loves to speak to his children. God is a God who speaks. And if you will stop to listen, God will often speak to you. And how will he speak? In all sorts of different ways. He can speak audibly. He can speak to your heart in a way that you just hear the answer when the question is given. With me, that's the way that he speaks to me more than a lot. I'm not going to say more than any other. But that just that still small voice, as the question's being formed, many times he's given the answer before I even get the question out of my heart. He also can speak through his word and he can speak through circumstances. All of a sudden, things will just fall into place. I uh, saw the other day a young lady that's uh, serving uh, uh, as youth director in a church that uh, my first full-time church. I saw her uh, the other day. Uh, she's posted on Facebook said, uh, you ever had one of those times whenever God just kind of spoke to your heart and you knew that this was right. And then the next day, somebody speaks exactly the same words to you and did you just know it's confirmed? Well, see, that young lady has learned to listen. She hears God and God confirms it. And that's what he can do with us. He speaks to us through sometimes he's two times he's saved my bacon through uh, me just overhearing somebody else's conversation. 
And overhearing that conversation was an answer to prayer. One time, I think I've shared these two with you before. Oh, I had $40 left. I could go, I, I, we could either eat that a week or we could, I could pay, pay for childcare and put the kids in childcare and go to school, go to seminary. Uh, it was either or eat, go to seminary. We chucked everything and moved to Dallas. And that's what we were down to was $40. And I knew he wanted me to go to seminary, but how are we going to eat? So I didn't know what, so it's God, what are we going to do? I just happened to be walking across campus and heard a, a fellow student talking about a place called Hawk Hall, which was a daycare center there on campus where you could leave your kids in this daycare center for four hours for each one hour that you worked. I said, what are you talking about? Oh, Hawk Hall. I went in, they signed me up. We got to keep that $40 and eat. And uh, I worked at Hall Call and daycare. Learned how to, a lot about daycare stuff I never really wanted to know. Uh, but uh, we potty trained so many kids in that school. It was just incredible. But uh, anyway, the thing is, is that it just worked out. I overheard a conversation. The Lord answered through me overhearing a conversation and the answer was right there. But if I hadn't heard that conversation, I could have walked by that building every day and had no idea that the answer to my prayer was just on the other side of that wall. Well, another time, uh, we wound up, uh, let's see here. Which time was I going to tell you? Well, I've told you about enough of my times. You, uh, I'm just going to leave that at that. But the thing is, Oh, yeah. Again, we're running out of money. And I just happened to hear a guy uh, uh, talking in a Bible study at my student appointment. Uh, we weren't making ends meet. I was going to, we needed to do something. And uh, the, I heard this guy say, yeah, man, they're paying nine, they're paying part timers, nine ninety an hour. Now this is back in 1976. That's like, I guess about $30 an hour now. So anyway, that was at East Texas Motor Freight. Uh, one, two of my members worked there and, uh, I said, Hey, you think maybe, Oh yeah, man, come on down, sign up. We'll put in good work for it. I wound up working several shifts a week, uh, while I was in seminary. There was a time when I was in seminary where I was going to school two or three days a week, full time, working at a loading dock, moving freight, uh, best physical condition I've ever been in. And uh, then uh, uh, pastoring a church part time. And it was two full time churches before my, uh, uh, what do they call the, my, my income tax form, the bottom line uh, came up to be, it was two full time churches before I was making as much money as I was when I was working part time in seminary. So the Lord just let me overhear a conversation. And I drove by this place all the time and I had no idea. My answer was right there on the side of the road. The Lord speaks, but we've got to give him wiggle room to speak the way he wants to speak instead of just expecting him to speak in one certain way. He speaks through other people. And now here's the deal. If you're silent before him, God will often speak to you. 
And uh, uh, if he says something you don't like, at least you know where you stand and you know what God is up to. Now, quickly, the other things that you do. Number two, uh, after you listen, I encourage you to write it down because you see, lots of times God will just give me a revelation after I've been just praying and praying about something. And if I don't write it down a week later, it's, was that really God? And if you don't publish it or record it in some way, he tells Habakkuk, Habakkuk to write down what he's going to show him because it is going to come to pass. It may not be for a long time, but it will come to pass. And so I encourage you, do like Habakkuk. If the Lord speaks to your heart something, write it down. And that way you'll have something to confirm his presence and power in your life later on. And then uh, the third thing is you wait. It's hard to just wait, is it? We want things to happen just right now. Waiting is hard. Oh man, it's hard. But the thing is, that's what we have to do. We wait, but we wait in faith. And just because you're waiting doesn't mean you don't do anything. The guys that serve and gals that serve you in restaurants, what are they called? Waiters. Waiters, right. Waiters. And they're working while they're waiting. That's what we're supposed to do. You see, we're waiting, but sometimes you can do more work for the Lord while you're waiting for something than any other time. Don't just sit down and wait. Continue to put, do everything that you, the Lord puts before you as unto him. But you're still waiting, but you're occupying while you wait. And sometimes you can have your most productive ministry and most productive parts of your life while you're waiting for something else to come along. I don't have time to tell you about all the different people like Moses had to wait 40 years. Joseph had to wait in prison and different places. Just think of all the people in the Bible that God told them something and then they just had to wait. And Joseph is a great example. Whatever he found to do, he did it as unto the Lord. And as he waited in faith, the Lord was working. And the Lord was working on something much bigger than Joseph could have ever imagined. And so it is with us. You walk with the Lord, you continue walking with him, and you wait you wait. But while you're waiting, there are three words at the end of this chapter that you need to keep with you. But the Lord, but the Lord. You're waiting, but the Lord is still on his throne and his intentions are going to come to pass. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.